we expected the spot Bitcoin ETFs inflows to start tapering off, but somehow they're ramping up. Good morning. You're listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph with me, Robert Bags, steering you through the crypto cosmos with daily dispatches from the digital frontier. If you want to stay right on the cutting edge of crypto, you better click that follow button. Okay, grab yourself a coffee and let's get into it. There are a lot of interesting stories to cover today, so here is what's in your debrief. The Bitcoin halving event could knock up to 20% of the hash rate offline. 25% of the supply of Ether is locked into staking contracts. The inflows into the spot Bitcoin ETF seems to be snowballing. GoFundMe cancels the crowdfunding campaign for Tornado Cash's defense. And Coinbase's Q4 earnings beat Wall Street's expectations, leading to a surge in stock price. The daily Bitcoin update is a little less granular and immediate today. In the past 24 hours, Bitcoin's price has stayed reasonably stable and is still around $52,000 at 7am Eastern. This is encouraging and there aren't really any new narratives that I haven't already told you this week. However, there is something important you need to know and it pertains to the halving event in April. Galaxy Digital released a report using data from Coinmetrics that showed an interesting outcome of the reward halving. As I'm sure you know, to mine Bitcoin, computers are used to solve complex problems. What you may not know is that to do this, there are several popular models of mining rigs that have proven themselves to be effective. At the end of 2023, over 70% of the Bitcoin hash rate was produced by eight different ASIC miner models. There are, of course, many different models of mining rig and that could represent a problem. The analyst in Galaxy's reports wrote, given how sensitive the break-evens are for the various ASIC models to Bitcoin price and transaction fees as a percent of rewards, we estimate that between 50 to 20% of network hash rate coming from the ASIC models could come offline. Now, what this means is that the older mining rigs that aren't as efficient will not break even after the halving and will likely be taken offline as a result. So Galaxy made some predictions based on power prices and a conservative read shows that five models are likely to be switched off and they represent 15% of Bitcoin's hash rate. And in less favorable conditions, some other mining rig models will also be loss making, which could mean it would be more like 20% of the hash rate being taken offline. So what does this really mean for Bitcoin? Well, the knock-on effects of having 15 to 20% of the hash rate going offline are numerous and it quickly becomes too complicated to discuss in a short podcast. Though as a quick overview, it could increase transaction confirmation times and some say it could startle the market, though I don't really see why at this point. On the other hand, it would likely mean the difficulty of mining would be reduced and miners would have less competition, which is good for them. This is part of what makes Bitcoin so impressive. Its resilience is born out of the fact that it is self-correcting. Between the ETFs and now the halving event, Bitcoin has been the main focus for some months now. And I haven't really had much cause to talk about Ethereum, but some recent findings from Prashant Jar are reason enough. The total staked number of ETH is nearing 25% of the total supply, a staggering amount to be locked away. Back in September 2022, the original proof-of-work Ethereum chain merged with the more efficient proof-of-stake Beacon chain. The Beacon chain allowed validators, validators are essentially people or companies that help run the network, to stake ETH. Staked ETH has an annualized reward rate of 4% and so it acts as a sort of passive income for the validators. The Beacon chain began with only 21,063 validators, but now there are well over 900,000. 
After staking was first possible, they were then unable to unstake and withdraw it until the Shanghai update in April 2023. And some predicted that as soon as that upgrade went live, there would be a mass exodus of staked ETH. But those people misread how valued staking is. After the Shanghai upgrade had been live a week, there was more newly staked ETH than withdrawn. The interest in staking ETH on the Beacon chain has simply increased too. Between the 1st of February and yesterday, the 15th of February, over 600,000 Ether was deposited into Ethereum 2.0 staking contracts. As of yesterday, this brought the running total to 30,206,801 ETH, which is worth, wait for it, $85 billion. And as I say, that is 25% of the total supply of Ether. Although most eyes have been locked onto Bitcoin, Ethereum has had a pretty solid few weeks too. At 7am Eastern on the 16th, it is up 14.36% on the month and 12.9% on the week. It is nearing that $3,000 milestone and with spot Ether ETFs lurking, I'm not sure you'd bet against it. Speaking of crypto ETFs, the spot Bitcoin ETFs inflows and outflows should be a boring topic at this point. I'm sure to some of you they already are, but if you're interested in Bitcoin, they really aren't dull at all, particularly as they just keep throwing us curveballs. Most people have been expecting the spot Bitcoin ETFs to begin tapering off now as the hype is fading. There has been a counterpoint to that that we've discussed, which is the due diligence of major trading firms taking around three months. That's not over yet, so when it is, we could see more inflows, but you could be fooled into thinking it's already happening. According to data from the Bitcoin tracking platform Apollo, the inflows are ramping up, not winding down. Thomas Farah, co-founder of Apollo, wrote on X, We're witnessing total acceleration of Bitcoin ETF inflows. In the first 20 days of trading, there were 42,000 Bitcoin in inflows. In the last four days of trading, there have been 43,000 of Bitcoin inflows. I'm no ETF expert, but this really does seem absurd. In the past four days, the 10 spot Bitcoin ETFs have seen $2.3 billion in inflows. The strong performance can be seen in assets under management too. Of course, BlackRock and Fidelity have multiple billions, and then last week, ARK21 shares passed the $1 billion threshold too. But now so has Bitwise. It's particularly pleasing to see Bitwise do it as they donate 10% of their profits to developers, and you might remember from a past episode that they have made all all of their holding wallets public. Nate Garacci, the president of ETF Store, labelled Bitwise as the most impressive as it is the only crypto-native investment fund among the top providers. So we have yet more evidence that the spot Bitcoin ETFs have not been remotely underwhelming as some have claimed. And if this pacing continues, the halving event is going to be all the more interesting. As I covered recently, the spot Bitcoin ETFs are scooping up over 10 times the amount of Bitcoin mined most days, and that's pre-halving. I have mentioned crypto mixers like Tornado Cash a few times in recent months and have alluded to the legal strife the people behind it are in. United States authorities are charging the co-founder, Roman Storm, and its developer, Alexei Pertsev, with conspiracy to commit money laundering, conspiracy to commit sanctions violations, and conspiracies to operate an unlicensed money-transmitting business. It goes without saying the severity of these allegations, and the pair maintain their not-guilty stance on all charges. But now the task is for them to prove it. In January, Storm uploaded a video to X that outlined how his home was raided early one morning and he was arrested in front of his three-year-old daughter. 
Storm then goes on to put out a plea for help with funding his legal defence, both from the angle of helping him and his family, and, as he says, in the defence of privacy and stopping a precedent from being set. The American crowdfunding platform GoFundMe was set up to receive donations for the legal defence and was up to $30,000 before GoFundMe cancelled the fundraiser and returned the funds. GoFundMe cited a breach of their terms. One donor, Ryan Adams of Bankless Ventures, had $10,000 returned but said, Good thing we have an uncensorable money system so we can still fund civil liberties like the right to a fair trial. Now the duo behind Tornado Cash are using the crypto funding platform Juicebox and have received 316.75 Ether at the time of recording. The exchange Coinbase hasn't posted a positive income quarter since the fourth quarter of 2021. In quarter three of 2023, Coinbase posted a net loss of $2 million. And yet over the last eight days, Coinbase's stock had surged 41.2%. This is because some investors have been betting on strong performance in quarter four of 2023. That report was released yesterday and Coinbase's performance exceeded even those expectations. Coinbase's net revenue in the fourth quarter of 2023 reached $905 million, which is a 45.2% increase from quarter three. This also marked the first positive income quarter since that 2021 report, with a net income of $273 million. The majority of Coinbase's revenue was transaction revenue, which made up $529.3 million. However, the second best earner is maybe the more interesting of the two. $493 million came from consumer crypto trading, which nearly doubled from quarter three. And interestingly, institutional transaction revenue more than doubled to $36.7 million. As Braden Lindrea pointed out, another interesting takeaway is that over $29 billion in trading volume was processed from consumers, which marked a massive 164% quarter-on-quarter increase. The market reaction to this impressive Q4 earnings report was that Coinbase's stock, Coin, spiked 12.7% after hours. And at around 7am Eastern, Coinbase's stock is up 23.75% on the month. I did tell you we had a lot of ground to cover, but that is you caught up today. And that also marks the end of another week, and a good week it has been. I will keep my eyes peeled for you this weekend and give you a full update on Monday, but that is it for today, so consider yourself informed. Thank you for listening to the Rise and Crypto podcast by Cointelegraph. If you're enjoying these daily updates, please make sure you let us know by following, subscribing and leaving a review. If you have some thoughts and opinions on any of today's topics, make sure you hit us up on X on at Cointelegraph and at RKBags. Right, have a great weekend. Let's do this again Monday. (laughs) 